Take your Bibles this morning and be turning with me to the book of John. The book of John and chapter 4. This morning we begin with verse 46. Through the end of the chapter, this point we've called the a growing faith, a growing faith. So we want to read these verses this morning, and as we read these verses, we would like for you to pick out the different types of faith, or the, shall we say, maybe steps in our faith, and I say our faith, it is every Christians, every child of God's faith ought to be a growing faith, and we ought to realize at times in our lives these steps of faith. So beginning with verse 46. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine, and where was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went into, unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. The noble man saith unto him, Sir, come down, ere my child die. Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word, that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And he, as he was now going down, his servants met him, and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then inquired he of the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed, and his whole house. This is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea 
into Galilee. A growing faith in these verses. Jesus had been in Samaria. He'd been to Jerusalem. And to observe the Passover. And then he leaves Jerusalem, Judea, to go back to Galilee, to the area of Capernaum, where he had set up his headquarters in Galilee. And before getting to Galilee, he needed to go through Samaria. He had souls there that he must save. And so he stopped off in Samaria and spent two or three days there in Samaria. And many came to Christ, came to know him. And he departed Samaria and went into in Galilee, where the Galileans were glad, they were joyous to, to see him returning to Galilee. They, they had been at Jerusalem for the Passover. They had heard his preaching and teaching and had witnessed the great signs and miracles, wonders that Jesus had done. And they believed and now Jesus was returning into Galilee, and they were excited to see him, and they received him. And when he gets there in Galilee, he goes back to Cana. Cana of Galilee, where he had turned water into wine. As he returned to Gaina. We see a government official, probably someone of Herod's court, and in this experience, we have the kind of growing faith that we as saved individuals should experience, should be able to relate with. The first step in this, as we look at this nobleman, as he's called here in our text, this government official, this, this individual in the king's court, we see that he had a beginning faith, what we would call a beginning faith. Jesus enters the city of Cana, and this official, this official of, of the king's court, 
approached Jesus. His actions manifest to us or demonstrate to us that he had faith. There was, first of all, there was a desperate need. This man was in desperate need. He had a desperate need. His son, his son, his son was dying. In fact, our text says he was at the point of death. He was about to die any moment. I think everyone here would agree. This is a desperate need. This father was in great need. As we think about this, every one of us comes face to face with need at some point in our life. We've all faced it at one time or another, and we'll probably face it again at some point in time in our life. Accidents, illnesses, diseases, suffering and death strike every one of us. And yes, government officials and, and kings, presidents, are not exempt. Eventually, every man needs help. Disasters of life are beyond our control. We can't stop them. We have no control over them. And when they come, we have a need before us. As we think about this, turn with me to the book of Luke. The book of Luke in chapter 5, in verse 31. I want us to think of it in this regard. Here in the fifth chapter of the book of Luke, Jesus and his disciples have been dining with publicans and sinners. Well, and you can imagine what that did to the Pharisees. That got them stirred up. And they wanted to know how comes their master dined with publicans and sinners. In verse 31, And Jesus answered, said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Those that, 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 that are well and everything is going good for them. 
They don't need someone to help. They're just fine. We don't need a doctor. If we're not sick, we don't need a doctor. And some of us got to be pretty sick before we seek out a doctor. Others, they get a little sniffle and they got to run to the doctor. It's all according to the perceived need that is there. It determines it. Even we that are saved, we that are Christians, we will say and we will confess, I need Jesus. I need Jesus every day. I need him every moment of every hour. But when things are going well, when things are going good, we go on about our life and we don't need, we don't need anyone. But boy, when things turn, turn for the worse. It drives us because we have a need. It drives us to the one that we think can help us. And so Jesus said here, they that are well, they that are whole, not a physician, they don't need a doctor, but they that are sick. The likeness was the publicans and sinners. They were sinners. And they knew they were sinners. And they needed help. The Pharisees, they thought they were they thought they were good people. They why they weren't sinners. <laughs> well, they prayed to God three times a day. They gave their tithes and their offerings. They fasted. They gave alms. They gave to the poor. <laughs> there wasn't a thing wrong with them. They didn't have a need. They didn't have a need of Jesus. But this man, this nobleman, this officer of the court of the king, he had a need. His son was dying. And who is he going to go to? Turn with me to the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians in chapter 4, in verse 19. A well-known verse. A often misquoted verse. But my God shall supply all your need. We oftentimes hear it quoted, but my God shall supply all your needs. Plural. No, it's singular here. That is, he, he supplies your need one at a time as they arise. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Ye that know the Lord Jesus Christ, He's going to supply your need. He supplies your need in Christ. And then He supplies your need because you are in Christ. This man, He heard. Let me get back to my 
text in the book of John in chapter 4. He heard. Verse 47 said, When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he heard. This man heard that Jesus had, had returned, had come back into Galilee. Having been in Galilee, having spent the majority of his childhood in Galilee, he now returns back to Galilee, and he heard that Jesus had returned back to Galilee. He had heard about Jesus. Maybe, maybe he had known of Jesus, maybe he had heard Jesus preach and teach. Maybe he had witnessed the signs and wonders that Jesus had done previously when he was in Galilee. Because that was his headquarters. That was his base of operations in Capernaum. So it's quite likely this nobleman knew Jesus. And he heard that Jesus was returned to Galilee. He had heard about Jesus, had known Jesus. He listened and paid attention to what he heard. He heard that Jesus had returned to Galilee, the one who was able to take care of his need. The one that was able to solve the problem that he had. Jesus is back. I want you to think about this. He did not turn a deaf ear to the message. He did not think himself to be too important. I'm not going to that lowly man. Why, that lowly man doesn't even have a place to lay his head. He did not consider the message foolish. Oh, that's foolish. Jesus back again? Oh, that's foolishness. What for? He did not mock. He did not mock the messengers that told him that Jesus had returned. No. He came to Jesus. He came to Jesus. He was in great need. And Jesus was the only one who could help. Look at verse 47. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son. For he was at the point of death. There's much in this verse. It, 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 the verse speaks of his faith. Faith that Jesus could heal. And so he besought him. 
But I want us to think about this for a moment. Think about what he sacrificed. Think about what this nobleman, this man, this father of the son who at the point of death. Think about what he sacrificed. You see, his sacrifice reveals his faith. The faith that he had. He left his dying son. His son back there in Capernaum. He left his home. He left his son laying there dying. He's at the point of death. He's near death. Think about the anxiety that you would have, that I would have. Think about the anxiety that this nobleman must have had. And fear, fearing that he might die. He might die while I'm gone. While I've gone to get Jesus, he might die. Certainly, this shows to us how convinced he was that Jesus could help, that Jesus could heal. Think about this. He had to travel about 20 miles from from Capernaum to Cana, we're told, is about 20 miles. Now, to us today, in our mode of transportation, 20 miles is nothing. I mean, we can do it in a few minutes. Drive the speed limit, about 20 minutes. In town, it's going to take a little longer. But it doesn't, it doesn't take that long. A few minutes, and we can go to miles. But in this day, in Jesus' day, in the day of this nobleman, they didn't have our mode of transportation. And we're told that, that 20 miles was about a day's journey. A whole day to go from Capernaum to Cana. It would take them. The fact that he persevered, he kept his eye on the hope of Jesus, shows his faith. Think about that. He's leaving his dying son. He's at the point of death, and it's going to take him a whole day to go there, and it's going to take him a whole day to come back. You see the anxiety that, that must have been there in the Father? My son could die while, while I'm away. But i got to go because Jesus, Jesus can heal him. Yes, he shows the hope that he had in Jesus. He shows the expectation that he had 
in Jesus. Turn with me to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms in chapter 31. Psalms 31 and verse 24. Where we read the words of the psalmist. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. All ye that hope in the Lord. Listen, they that, that hope in the Lord, they can, they can be of good courage. And, he, and, and they are strengthened. Because they're hoping in the Lord. The Lord is their expectation. They're trusting in Him. And, and He is their expectation. He is their all for everything. He satisfies their every need. Turn over to the 33rd Psalm. 33rd Psalm in verse 18. Behold, the eyes, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him. Upon them that hope in his mercy. You see, those that, that fear the Lord... It, they know that the eye of the Lord is upon them. And they know that the Lord sees their, their, their uprising and their downsetting. They know that they need the mercy of the Lord. And their, their, their expectation is in the mercy of the Lord. They're expecting the mercy of the Lord. Why are they expecting the mercy of the Lord? Because they know that they're a sinner. Because they know that they're in need of mercy. Every moment of every day, I'm in need of the mercy of the Lord. And then he, he's in expectation of it because God promised it. The Lord has promised it to us. That his mercies would be there and upon us. Every moment of every day. In fact, they're new every morning. <laughs> We never exhaust them. We never wear them out. Thank goodness we don't exhaust them. Because I need them every day of my life until I'm perfectly whole. When I stand face to face with my Redeemer. Psalms 39 verse 7 says, and now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. My expectation is in thee. I have, I have no reason to be to waiting for others. My hope, my expectation is in the Lord. And I'm waiting on Him. I'm waiting on Him to come and deliver me. From this body of sin. Psalms chapter 42. Psalms chapter 42 and in verse 11. We read this. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted? Within me. 
Why, why am I so cast down? Why am I so fraught? Why am I so troubled? Why am I so at war? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. You see, we have no reason. We have no reason to be cast down. We know have no reason to be troubled and to be warring. Because he's our hope. He's our expectation. We praise him. We honor and glorify him. We praise his name. We can that, that that straightens up our countenance. That straightens up our we have the Lord and, and, and we ought to put a smile on our face why don't we, why don't we walk around like we're troubled and so downcast put a smile on your face look like your, your hope your expectations in the Lord look like you're praising the Lord <laughs> Jeremiah Chapter 17 and verse 7 of verse we know well, or we hear quoted much. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. You see, our, our, our trust is in the Lord. Our hope, our expectation is in the Lord. And that makes us happy. That blesses us. Is not, not your soul blessed because your trust and your expectation, your hope is in Him? This man, this nobleman, this father of this dying son did not let his status in life Keep him from Jesus. He swallowed his pride. And he confessed his need. You see, how is it? When we have a need and we go to the Lord. We take it to the Lord. How is it that we come before the Lord? Do we come before the Lord all proud and arrogant? Oh. <laughs> We come before the Lord in humility. Humbleness. Lord, I need help. You can help me. And you know my need. Be merciful to me. Turn with me to the book of, of Psalms in chapter 91. Psalms chapter 91. And look with me at verse 15. He, that is the man that trusteth in the Lord. The Lord says, He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. <laughs> you see, he that trusts 
calls upon the Lord, and the Lord will help. This man knew. All he had to do was, was get to Jesus and, and call upon him for help. Present his need before the Lord. The Lord would help. The Lord would heal. Another blessed verse. Really blessed verse on, on this subject as well. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 33. Well, verse 3, but I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. So you get the, the gist of what's being said here. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 1. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, while he was yet shut up in the court of prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it, to establish it, the Lord his name. Call upon me, he said, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I mean, things that we have not, not known hitherto. <laughs> He's going to, if we call upon him, He'll show us great and marvelous and wonderful things. Things that we've not known before. But we call upon Him. We call upon Him in humility. In humbleness. Presenting our case. Presenting our need. This man besought Him. Our verse 47 tells us he besought him. Literally, he, he entreated him. Literally, he begged him. He begged him to, to meet his need. <laughs> Come down, my son's dying. He's at the point of death. This nobleman said. So we see in this this man's beginning faith we see he had faith he had faith that that him on to leave his dying son and go on a 20 mile day's journey to present his need before Jesus the one who could heal the one who could help in his need and anticipating another day's journey back to Capernaum, not knowing whether his son would still be alive when he got back there. But secondly, we see in verses 48 and 49, we see a persistent faith. A persistent faith is seen in these two verses. Verse 48 says, Then said Jesus unto him, Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Well, that seems kind of strange for Jesus to respond in, in this matter to, to the presented need that was before him. But, but Jesus is, is testing. 
Jesus is proving his faith. Are you just expecting me to heal your son and then you'll believe? Well, we, we see he passes the faith test. The nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down ere my child die. Come down before he dies. <laughs> See, I believe you're coming down. You're speaking the word will heal my son. Lay a hand on him, whatever. I believe you're healed. We have a lesson. A lesson taught us here in, in faith. He said, come down and heal my son. The man knew that Jesus could heal his son. But he thought he had to come down. <laughs> he, had, he thought he had to come to where he was. Well, that shows a faith in progress too, doesn't it? See, remember when you had beginning faith? <laughs> You had to be taught some things about the faith. You see, his word was alone, was enough. Belief in his word was what was gonna, going to assure the request. Belief. Belief precedes the signs and wonders. Turn with me to a, a very familiar portion of Scripture in the book of Hebrews in chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. And we quoted this verse often and read this verse often and, and the Lord continues to reveal things to us concerning it. But in verse 6 of Hebrews 11, you see, after telling us that Enoch had faith, faith and, and he was translated pleased God. It goes on to say, but without faith it is impossible to please Him. It is impossible to please God without faith. Enoch had faith, and, and because he had faith, he pleased God. And it's impossible to please God without faith. For he that cometh to God must believe he is, that He is God, that He is the ever-living God. He is God omnipotent. He is God omniscient. He is God omnipresent. He is a gracious God. He is a merciful God. He must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder Of them that diligently seek him. Them that, that, that seeking him diligently. You see, faith. Faith believes that we're going to have the petition required. The petition asked. This man believed he was going to have his petition, uh, petition granted. There was no doubt in his mind. He believed that Jesus would. This man believed Jesus could heal his son. Or he would not have made the long trip. You see, faith took him. 
to where Jesus was. He believed Jesus would heal his son. We see in this a desperate insistence, a persist, persistence, a, 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 a desperate insistence. This man was desperate. And he believed that Jesus was the only one who could help him. Jesus taught his disciples about persistence, about insisting. Turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7. Matthew 7 and verse 7. Jesus says here to those on the mountainside, He said, Ask, and given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and, he that, uh, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. See, Jesus is, is telling them about prayer and he's telling them about persistence. Persist. Don't just come one time. Just don't come twice, but persist. Turn with me to the book of Luke. The book of Luke in chapter 11. Book, uh, book of Luke chapter 11. And in verse 1, Jesus had been praying, and when he ceased from his praying, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And so Jesus begins to take them through the basics of prayer. You, you pray to your heavenly Father. You you pray to the one who is hallowed. His name is hallowed. It is holy. You pray, uh, Lord, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive also others. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then, that's the basics in prayer. But then he goes into verse 5, and he, he teaches them the deeper things that we need to know about praying. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Lend me three loaves. Here's why. Here's why he goes to his friend and wants three loaves of bread. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me and I have nothing to set before him. This friend of his had come to him for help. He was hungry. And he says, I don't have anything, but I know a friend 
does have. And he goes to that friend, and he goes to him at midnight. Midnight speaks of the need. <laughs> it was great. Otherwise, you wouldn't be going that time of night to ask for help from your friend. Verse 7. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. Uh, you crazy? Bob, are you crazy? It's midnight. I've gone to bed. My kids are in bed. We're sleeping, trying to sleep. And you're here bothering us. Verse 8. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Because of his persistence, he won't go away. This man continues to knock and to beat on the door. Mike, I need help. Mike! Verse 9, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. You see, the Lord not only wants us to pray, but He wants us to be persistent in prayer. Oh, the prayer of importunity. And many examples in the Old Testament Scriptures of, of importunity. Abraham, when he kept going before the Lord and finally got it down to ten. And there weren't ten righteous in the city. The importunity. This man was determined. He was determined to secure his help. He cried out, Lord, come down ere my child die. Come down before he die. He had a need. And he did not allow Jesus' rebuke to deter him. He had faith. <laughs> he had faith. He didn't, he didn't need to see the signs, miracles. He didn't need to have his son. He didn't say, heal my son and then I'll believe. <laughs> no. He believed. And he knew the Lord could heal and would heal. He kept on. He kept on after Jesus. He persisted. We're going to stop 